0: Step back three on the way, and he's got another one, Jamal Murray.
1: And they want to post up to the Jokic, they want to take advantage of this matchup. Don't we see that at least once a game, from Jokic rush. to someone?
2: Outside, Jokic for the lead,
0: Have you been in these sessions before? I've said this like ten times, and I'm not writing your article for you. Ask one of your colleagues, he's
2: magnificent.
1: It's winner go home, three, points. What a bomb! Broke up by Porter!
2: Pendant Bobo.
1: Hey, hey let me tell you, young fella, don't go chasing waterfalls right there. Yeah, thank
3: you, Whoever did this. What is going on, Nuggets Nation? It is Anilo Pirro of Mile High Sports back at it again with the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast. And boy, oh boy, is it an exciting time to be talking about our Denver Nuggets as they get the awesome victory last night 117 to 113 awesome is a weird adjective to use there i didn't really know what to say um and we're gonna dive into it guys as the nuggets are red hot right now four wins in a row three and oh on this road trip coming in uh with that game up against miami tomorrow night so a lot to dive into michael porter jr we'll have some game audio from malone mpj of course and uh, we'll just talk about what the hell is going on with this team and, and what is in their uh in their water because they're playing damn Fine basketball right now so it is a pleasure to be here with you guys if you want to follow me on social media you can do so at media by ap on instagram and twitter keeping you guys updated with all the good stuff over there on ig and twitter but um, yeah if you want to also check out all of our work online milehighsports.com we'll have some written work i'm going to start to do a thursday feature so uh, well, i'm going to be writing it on thursday so it'll be ready thursday night friday morning so uh, you can expect some words from me regarding the denver nuggets and maybe some colorado rockies writing uh, depending on if they're if they're worthy of writing about in this day and age so but the nuggets certainly worth our attention following this 117 to 113 victory and to 10 and seven on the season. And cannot wait to dive into this one. A lot to get into. Uh, of course, Jamal Murray was ejected last night. That was a little bit of a strange instance, but uh, an interesting game from top to bottom. So let's go ahead and dive right into it, folks. Again, if you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. Check me out there. And then of course, all the work online at milehighsports.com. The Denver Nuggets, man, with a fantastic victory last night against the Dallas Mavericks. A game, quite frankly, and I mean, this has been kind of just a theme throughout the entire course of this five-game roadie so far, is just grit. I mean, we're seeing some real resiliency and resolve from this Denver Nuggets team right now. Uh, You know, they've been pushed. They've been in some difficult situations. The refs have not always been on their side. Uh, We've seen them come from behind. We've seen them maintain leads. Uh, we've seen a little bit of everything here against now in three games against quality opponents for the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, they managed to get those. I was so surprised. And that was the real telltale sign uh, was those two wins against the Phoenix Suns, in my personal opinion. And Listen, man, I'm not afraid to say it. I chose the Dallas Mavericks in my betting preview yesterday morning from com and Denver continues to prove me wrong. And, you know, ask anyone that actually knows me. You know, I'm going to go with what my gut says because I have been burned countless times betting on the Nuggets, betting with my heart. But I would much rather, you know, have the Nuggets be – playing well and being successful than and then me just consistently hitting on my picks betting against them so the nuggets right now like i said just really hitting their stride this is the first point this season where you know we can say that they're pretty much at full strength and they're playing just their their best basketball collectively for sure and it's it's interesting because there was a storyline that was kind of thrown out um at the beginning portion of the season when Denver was going through these struggles back when they had lost to Dallas, when they had that loss against Utah, they lost to Sacramento a couple of times. Of okay, we all knew that the the offseason was historically short, right? But no preseason, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors as to why you can make excuses for the Nuggets slow start. And I hate making excuses, which is why I didn't. You know, I, I ripped the nuggets when they were losing these games, but thankfully they've been able to get their heads on straight. Now, now that they are starting to play well Uh, There was that storyline that was kind of thrown out two, three, four weeks ago that, you know, it's going to take this team a handful of weeks to kind of get... A lot of people were projecting that Denver would hit their stride right around now. Obviously, losing Michael Porter Jr. to the COVID protocols didn't help that situation. But, you know, you're looking here 17 games into the season. You know, you kind of... You take that first 17-20 game stretch, you know, as your preseason slash training camp. And so, like, okay, like now from a conditioning standpoint, it seems like the players are in a much better place. So... I I, I don't know. I mean, read into that as you may. But, I mean, 10-7 is 10-7, and 7, and the Nuggets are looking damn good right now, specifically with Michael Porter Jr. kind of leading the way along with Nikola Jokic. And, and let's dive into this one. Um, let, let's gloss over Michael Porter Jr. real quick because we'll do a little segment on him specifically. We'll get his post-game audio. Um, but he came off the bench once again last night, his third game back for the Denver Nuggets uh, since that COVID situation took hold. And uh, he was absolutely phenomenal off the bench once again. 30 freaking points from Michael Porter Jr. off the bench for the Denver Nuggets. He was six. 6 of 10 from deep, and he was just sensational. He was 30 points in 28 minutes. Like I said, 6 of 10 from deep. Uh, just really, really quality production for Michael Porter Jr. off the bench, as well as an increased defensive tenacity. So you saw Michael Porter Jr. last night really kind of up his game on the defensive end. And, you know, there you got to tip your cap because, you know, he missed, what was it? I think it was 10 games he missed due to the COVID protocol situation. And with no practice time, you know, he pretty much said he was watching Netflix the whole time at his house. You know, there wasn't really much he could do. You know, he has not skipped a beat. Michael Porter Jr. So obviously last night showing out with 30 points. He's been sensational uh, since coming back for the Denver Nuggets, but a total game changer coming off the bench for Denver. So uh, we'll have to see if he can kind of keep that up and a real nice spark for them. But like I said, we'll, we'll dive into him in particular, his role, and maybe when we can see him back in the starting lineup a little bit later on in this podcast, we'll get his post game audio as well. And we'll, uh, we'll let you guys listen to that so you can hear what he had to say about his performance, but moving along from the other storylines in this game, Nikola Jokic, once again, with his seventeenth double double of the season, he's been the best player in the league so far this season. Just absolutely sensational—twenty points and ten rebounds. He's had a double double in every single game this season. Oh, and you know, just four assists. You know, it's a modest four. You know, you know, not like he didn't contribute there. So, Jokic is, just, like I said, just been absolutely sensational. Thirty-four minutes last night, and he continues to go on a uh, on a tear. So, I have the Michael Porter Jr. and the Michael Malone audio already sifted. Uh, Jokic also spoke last night I'll kind of I honestly I'm not gonna lie I haven't listened to him yet so I'll listen to that uh and, and decide if it's worthy to sneak in here and see if he has anything worthwhile to say but I mean what what more is there to say about Nikola Jokic you kind of know what you're getting with him like I said the man has been absolutely sensational for the Denver Nuggets this season he's an and he's a for the first time, I just saw he won Western Conference Player of the Week, and he's finally starting to get some consideration for the MVP award, uh, obviously here in the very, 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 very early portion of the season. Uh, but it's good to see the national media and the national you know, NBA fan base and NBA Twitter starting to catch on to what Nicole Jogic is doing on the court because it's been nothing short of sensational. But speaking of sensational, we have to talk about the Denver Nuggets bench in this matchup against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they outscored the Dallas bench 63-20. to Nine and i mean if you can do that consistently you're going to win damn near every single ball game and sure 30 of those points are attributed from michael porter jr but you can take out mpj's scoring production and denver will still have outscored dallas's bench unit uh you know even without michael porter jr there so i think you know that's a tremendous sign because something early on in the season you know that we were rid that denver was getting ripped apart for and ridiculed left and right for was their bench production uh particularly you know some of that those some of those second unit guys like Kompazo, Isaiah Hartenstein uh, you know, PJ Dozier. The only one who'd been kind of consistently good was Monte Morris, and he he's been nothing short of great for Denver as a second guard off the bench. Um so, you know, last night we saw Composite we just saw the entire Denver Nuggets bench unit play real well, probably their best collective game as a unit together, uh at, at you know the Denver Nuggets second unit. And you know, Michael Malone was telling us this. I think it was after the Oklahoma City game, I wanna say, which was a blowout victory. Um, you know, he he was saying, you know, how he really or maybe it was the Utah game, it was a loss. It was it it was an interesting situation where Malone kind of threw out the notion that he believes his team was kind of close to breaking through uh, but that was either a game or there was either one or two games before they started this five game roadie that they currently find themselves on and it's been nothing nothing but the truth you know the Nuggets have absolutely hit their stride here as of late Gary Harris as well you got to talk about his production from beyond the arc we've seen him kind of really step it up from there only 10 points but he's uh, he's shooting at a much more efficient rate from beyond the arc at three point land which is essential for the Denver Nuggets. It's been brutal to watch him shoot the three-point shot um, at, at at some point here or another. So, good stuff from the Denver Nuggets bench, though. Real, real good stuff. And speaking of the bench unit, we saw R.J. Hampton get about five or six minutes of uh, kind of crucial run there following Jamal Murray's ejection. Uh, Jamal Murray got kicked out of the game due to a little bit of a, an incident with Tim Hardaway Jr. Not really much to say there. Uh, you'll hear from uh, Michael Malone here in the post-game press where he kind of says it's hopefully just a growing experience for... for um, for Murray, but, um, no, this was a nice stretch to see RJ Hampton you know not much but you know I think five minutes to 45 seconds is what Malone says is, is all he played but you know really good in the ISO on defense and obviously we know his potential on offense so uh you know RJ Hampton you know he, he's a kind of a wild card as is Zeke Naji and some of these other young players that the nuggets have but uh, you know you don't know when you're gonna see him a whole lot but you know obviously the the circumstance last night provided the opportunity for him to get a couple minutes to run and I think he did fairly well and it was a talking point on Twitter and and it was something that uh, Michael Malone acknowledged after the game as well. So like I said, you'll hear from him coming up here in a minute. And I do want to end up uh, on the last talking point here regarding the game is, what do you do, you know, because the bench has been sensational. The Michael Porter Jr. has been sensational. What do you do with the two starters? You know, because Jermichael J- Green has also been phenomenal. What do You, and, you know, Jermichael Green's been coming off the bench, MPJ coming off the bench the last three games. What do you do with Will Barton and Paul Millsap? I mean, because I'm looking... It's a bit of an eyesore when you look at it here. You know, Barton, 6.7 rebounds, 5 assists. Okay, you know, the 7 boards and the 5 assists are nice. nice. Millsap, just 2 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. And, you know, you look over here, obviously, I talked about MPJ, 30 points, 8 rebounds. Phenomenal production from him. And Jermichael Green with 17 points, 8 boards, and 1 assist. You know, I mean, it's hard. And I understand that, you know, you want to stagger your production throughout the lineup. But... We've we've been down this path with Will Barton before, you know, and I understand, you know, for the first handful of games that, you know, you want to let Michael Porter Jr. kind of get his feet underneath him, but at this point in time, MPJ's kind of shown that he's more than capable of of running with the first you know, with the first unit. And we've seen Will Barton just thrive off the bench, you know, thrive in that second unit and in that leadership role as a commander alongside Monte Morris. On the second unit, so we'll we'll dive into that topic once we talk about MPJ here, and then Jermichael Green as well. You know, we all know that Paul Millsaps over the hill. We all know that his best days are behind him. You know, he signed a uh, rather team friendly. I guess it's not a super team friendly deal, but I mean, you know, certainly at a discounted rate than what he was making in years past from Denver. And, you know, I think there was certainly the expectation that, you know, Millsap's leadership was certainly that the Denver Nuggets wanted to retain, as well as his presence on the court and spurts. But, you know, by no means is Paul Millsap at this point in time, you know, should be averaging 20, 25 minutes a night. And he only, he you know, of all the starters, he only played 19 minutes last night. And for good reason, you know, and he scores two points. So maybe you consider switching him. You know, into that starting role in favor of Jermichael Green, you know, like I said, who was extremely productive in 22 minutes, played 17 points, eight boards. So we'll we'll see. I know Michael Malone is, you'll, and like I said, I've been teasing it. You'll hear from him right now. Um, You know, it doesn't really, he doesn't really care. He doesn't get all worked up in who's who's starting. You know, it's all about who's closing, right? But the court of public opinion obviously really cares about who the starting players are. You know, even though, you know, just by looking at the box score from last night, I think it's pretty obvious to tell, you know, who Malone favors in what situations. so um, let, let's go ahead now, though, and listen to Michael Malone, his postgame press conference following last night's victory against the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of good information here as uh, Denver now transitions to their matchup against the Miami Heat coming up tomorrow evening. But uh, here's Michael Malone following the win. We'll uh, break it down after this and then talk some more about MPJ and some other things.
0: Mike Singer. Michael, um, what did you see on that Jamal play in the third
2: quarter? And and did he give you any explanation uh, before he left the court? Uh, Honestly, Mike, I'm not just saying this. Uh, I have not even seen the replay of that yet. Uh, I did ask Zach Zarba, the crew chief, and he said it was, you know, fairly obvious. So, uh, you know, Zach's a hell of an official. So I'll I'll look at it. Uh, Jamal didn't say anything. I think it, it got to that point. You know, there was a lot of physicality between those two. They came out very aggressive in that third quarter, which you knew they would uh, after our first half. Um, But I can't speak too much more in detail about it because I haven't seen the replay of it yet. So um, uh, hopefully uh, it's nothing more than Jamal being ejected tonight and we can use it as a learning experience. Vic Lombardi.
0: Coach, uh... In that third quarter sequence, Dallas takes a seven-point lead. Uh, things could have gotten crazy there, but your team persevered. What, what, what was the reason there? How did you hold it together?
2: Well, I think it came down to the fourth quarter. Um, and, and the group that started the fourth quarter, Vic, I thought was, uh, was incredible. I'm really proud of R.J. Hampton. Uh, you know, first real stretch of minutes he's gotten in a tight ball game. Uh, And I think the five or six minutes that he played, uh, 5.45, he made an impact. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a very good player. He was, you know, killing us in that third quarter with his catch and shoot. And I thought RJ did a really good job of defending him. And then on offense, making hustle plays, coming up with loose balls, offensive rebounds. So really valuable minutes for RJ. But that group of Faku, Monte, RJ, Michael, and Jamichael uh, started it off. And then we went back to our starters. They closed the deal. 19 points allowed in the fourth quarter, 32% from the field, and 30 from three, three of 10. And the second half, we didn't foul Luka Doncic one time. He was there 10 times in the first, eight times in the first quarter. Um, but we don't win that game if we don't buckle down on defense, and, uh, and, and we did that. So it was really uh, it was great to see, and uh, we're off to a really good start on this long road trip. Go to Joel Rush.
0: Hey, Coach, Fakul uh, Compasso had a pretty minimal uh, stat line tonight, except for his plus 12. What do you see him doing out there that's contributing to winning?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, uh, that, that group to start the fourth quarter played really hard. They defended at a high level, uh, and they played with passion. And I thought they played hard. And, um, you know, good things happen when you play hard. I know it's cliche, but it's so true. And that, that kind of is who Faku Compasso is. He plays hard, whether you're playing for two minutes, 10, 20, 30 minutes, he's going to play the same way. Uh, He has an impact. He makes winning plays on both ends. He makes plays for his teammates on offense, and he just competes at a really high level on defense. What he lacks in size, he more than makes up for with the size of his heart and his competitive spirit. So uh, that was fun. Michael Porter, you know, usually guys ask the first five questions are about Michael. So since you guys haven't brought it up, I'll speak about Michael. Uh, He was tremendous tonight. Obviously, I thought our bench as a whole, our bench scored 63 points to their 29 in Dallas. Uh, but Michael goes to 30 and eight. Uh, DeMichael Green goes to 17 and eight. Uh, big, big night for both of those players. And we don't win the game without Michael Porter having the game that he had. So that was great to see. Todd uh, Romero. Hey, Coach, it's, it's kind of odd
0: to see every starter be in minus numbers, yet your bench comes up. Every one of the bench members is in plus numbers. And I, I thought when you were talking about that that fourth quarter unit, I thought one play in particular start started the fourth. There was a missed three, the real hustle for that rebound, the kick back out, and then the hit for three by uh, Jermichael that gave you guys the lead was kind of indicative of your team's effort.
2: Yeah, I mean, and even before that, right, Todd? I mean, it was so, uh, you know, I hated to see P.J. Dozier. Obviously, uh, uh, whether it's a hamstring strain, we are going to see what the, the injury is, but he had to leave the game uh, and he's been great for us. Jamal Murray had a great first half. He gets ejected. So you know you need you need to find a way. And, and our bench came through for us. And to your point, making hustle plays. You miss a shot. Who wants the rebound? And again, for us to be plus 15 on the glass, uh, 49 to 34. We had 14 offensive rebounds. Those are valuable extra possessions that we're generating. And to your point, that one led to a Jamichael Green three. Um, so. Yeah, this was a, uh, you know, a character. Third game in four nights, coming off two overtime games uh, in Phoenix. Come in here, a lot of things are happening, and uh, we found a way to get the win. So not satisfied. We have two more games in this road trip, and uh, next stop is Miami. Go back to Mike Singer.
0: Hey, hey Michael. Uh, thanks for bringing up Mike. Appreciate it. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, uh, do you appreciate the confidence and the readiness that he plays with, that he comes off late in the third quarter, comes off the bench, gives you the spark. End of the third quarter to start the fourth. You appreciate just the, the, the ability to, to to just jump into the game and play and contribute.
2: I would say, as opposed to appreciating it, I expect it. You know, Michael Porter was a starter at the beginning of the year. Obviously, he missed a, a ton of time due to COVID protocols. I think he missed nine or ten games to start the month of January. We were playing really well at the time. So I decided to keep him coming off the bench, stay with that group, you know, but as you've seen last couple of games, not necessarily, everybody gets caught in who starts. It's such a big thing for everybody. I don't really understand it. If you have a chance to close the game, that's more important than hearing your name before a game in an arena with no fans. But anyways, I digress, uh, but I, I'm not, you know, surprised by anything Michael does. He's supremely talented. Uh, that's why he earned that starting small forward position. As I mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, this is one of the games where Michael took over and had big, big plays that allowed us to stay close and ultimately allowed us to win the game at the end.
3: (laughs) There is Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone, and he's a great interview, man. He's great. I just uh, I love his take on starters, and I honestly couldn't agree with him more. You know, it doesn't really, gosh, we, we get so worked up in who starts the game. We really, all that matters is who closes. And that's why, you know, if you do look at the box score, that's indicative of how Malone feels about these players. It's not like Millsap's out here getting a crap ton more minutes than MPJ or Jermichael Green. It's, you know, Will Barton, you know, he's got to shake that. He's got an affinity with Will Barton. Barton still gets a, a crap ton of minutes. And for good you know, Will Barton is just hit or miss. And that's just kind of the frustration with him. But, you know... uh, Talking about Michael Porter Jr., you know, it's it's clear, you know, and I think the reasoning is fair. You know, the Nuggets were playing very well. They just came off that blow-off victory against the Oklahoma City Thunder when he was coming back. Michael Porter, you know, hadn't played in 10 games. I don't think... It's not like he's LeBron James, right? It's not like he's Kevin Durant. You know, he could be, right? He could be that good for all we know, but at this stage in his career, you know, he's not good enough to the point... He hasn't proven, you know, that he's worthy of just being inserted back into the starting lineup when he's, you know, Denver's third best option at this moment in time, so... You know, I think we'll see him back there at some point or another. I wouldn't be shocked if that was against Miami. Like I said, Will Barton been struggling here a little bit. But, you know, it's it's been great to see Michael Porter Jr. just kind of really spread his wings with this 30-point performance and just really kind of show out since coming back from this COVID situation. I know a lot of Nuggets fans were really bummed out about that. A lot of people have high hopes for Michael Porter Jr., including himself. And... Denver, you know, by letting guys like Jeremy Grant and some of these other guys go, you know, they've been banking on the progression of Michael Porter Jr. And, you know, they've been kind of expecting him to, you know, take over this role as a true third, maybe even a second option, you know, because he he is that talented. We all know the talented you know, all the we all know the talent that this kid possesses, so um it was great to kind of see him show out and I, i'm curious to see if we're going to see him back here in the starting lineup at one point or another uh before denver comes home i would not be shocked if he continue, if he continues to play at this level he'll, he'll for sure get 20 plus a night you know 20 plus minutes assuming he continues to go that you know to uh, go the extra mile on defense so all good stuff for michael porter jr and now let's actually go listen to Michael Porter Jr. and what he had to say following this win. Uh, some good insight. You know, he's not the most exciting interview in the world, but, you know, he's, like I said, he's got superstar potential and anytime you've got superstar potential, it's worthy to, you know, of hearing what you got to say. And alongside Nicole Yoke and Jamal Murray, you know, he's the reason why Denver's going to, you know, have a super high ceiling this season and for years to come. And there's a reason why Denver made him untouchable. And I think we saw that in this Dallas game. So let's go ahead now and listen to Michael Porter Jr., the Denver. Nuggets forward. What do you get to say following this game and uh, where the Nuggets are moving into this game against Miami and uh, all that jazz.
0: All right, we'll start off with Mike Singer. Hey Mike, good to see you. Uh, There have been times where you have come off the bench and you told us, I believe it was last year, that you weren't ready. You weren't mentally there yet. Tonight, you come off the bench in the third quarter and provide a huge spark. What do you, where do you think that, that ability to just come off the bench and immediately contribute comes from? Is that a change in your demeanor, a change in your perspective?
1: Uh, I don't really remember saying that I wasn't ready last year, but, man, my whole, my whole mindset just since I started playing is just contribute in any way I can. And, um, <clears throat> you know, coming back into the rotation after being out so long, I just that was my mindset. You know, we had been playing pretty good um, and I just wanted to come in and help the team in any way I could. You know, Will was playing really good at the three and I didn't want to mess anything up. So I just wanted to come in and, and give a spark off the bench. And now me and those guys have really um, developed a chemistry. You know, me and Jermichael love playing with each other. Monte, Faku. So it's been really fun so far. Go to
0: Alex Labadeau. Hey, Michael. Uh, in the fourth quarter, you made two big stops, one, I believe, on Luca, and another on the steal. I was just curious about your approach on the defensive end and wh- what you've been working on recently to get to keep on improving in that area.
1: Uh, just my attentiveness, you know, being as ready to play on that end as I am in the offensive end and just trying to uh, anticipate, you know, actions before and not just react to what the offense is doing. That's been helping me a lot lately, um, you know, and I'm going to just keep getting better and better as time goes on. Nick Lombardi.
0: Hey, Michael, are you at that point, there were several parts of the game where the, the team struggled scoring. Can you basically say, hey, give, me, give me the ball, boys. I, I need to do this. Are, are you confident enough to do that, to be that vocal during a game?
1: Uh, you know, one of the reasons that I'm, that I'm on the team and the players to put the ball in the hoop. So if we're having trouble scoring, I definitely try to make myself more available um, and be more aggressive. So that's definitely something that I try to do, but um, you know, my teammates just do a good job of finding me. We're such an unselfish team. I don't really have to do that too too often. They just find me, and it. it, Some nights it'll be my night. Some nights it'll be other people's nights.
0: Ryan Blackburn. Hey Mike, I know it came at the expense of PJ getting injured, but what was it like seeing RJ get back into that game for the first time really this season, uh, just in some clutch time?
1: I was really glad to see him in there, and he played really well. Uh, he used his athleticism and his energy to help stop uh, what Tim Hardaway was doing. He was having a big game, and um, it was just good to be out there with him, see him out there.
0: Go, Nick Cosmider. What do you most enjoy about sharing the court uh, with Jamichael and his game?
1: I just love the energy he plays with. You know, we play, we both play with kind of that same aggression. You know, just uh and the energy on the on the rebounding I love playing with another guy like that who just uh crashes the boards who helps gives a second chance and I just love playing with high energy dudes you know he can he can shoot it I can shoot it we're pretty much interchangeable um out on the court so it's just been fun and he he's way better than I thought he was um and I'm really excited to uh have him on the team. Todd Romero? Hey, Michael, a few times out there, you know, it, it, it's
0: crunched. When you're making some of these big buckets, you know, you'll miss the three here and there. But, but when it comes to the
1: opportunity to get those buckets in crunch time, how much do you relish that? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, it's just something that I've always done. You know, I definitely don't back away from the moment. I'm just as confident when there's two minutes left on the clock as when there's 20 minutes. You know, sometimes you'll make those shots. Sometimes you'll miss them. But, um, you know, I know I can get my shot off. and so. I'm going to shoot it if I'm open. And uh, my team, that's what my team expects me to do. They give me a lot of confidence. So um, it was good to see a couple of big ones going tonight. All right, we got time
0: for one more. We'll finish with Eric Webb. Hey, Michael. Um, despite the win tonight, you guys turned the ball
3: over 18 times. I'm just wondering, how do you feel about your team's ability to compensate for that on the defensive
1: end? Uh, we've been doing pretty good defensively. You know, they had a stretch there, I think, in the third quarter. Um, where they really, where they really got hot? Tim Hardaway, I think, scored 11 or maybe more points straight. Um, but overall, our defense has been better. We've all been feeling it, and we've just been on each other about it. So, it's it's good to see improvement.
3: All right, there he is, Michael Porter Jr., the Denver Nuggets forward, the young. Denver Nuggets forward Uh, I'm invested in Michael Porter Jr. I have a few of his rookie cards that's for damn sure I think he can be a sensation for this team I think he could be one of the best players in in the NBA without a doubt I think he's absolutely got that potential so it's up to him to kind of realize it but I think this performance against the Dallas Mavericks was certainly a step in the right direction but let's round out here uh, with just kind of an update on the Nuggets uh, the rest of this road trip and kind of where they're at here so they're going to be heading now to Miami for a date against the heat and Miami hasn't really been playing all that well maybe a little bit of a slump after they got to the uh, NBA finals last season but uh, it should be a good game nonetheless they've got some star power Jimmy Butler uh, we all know about him and uh, listen Eric bolster coach teams are usually gonna be pretty competitive so Miami just six and ten this season so that should be a good game but you know I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with what we've seen from Denver so far on this five game road trip. You know, I, if you listen to my podcast following that win against Oklahoma City, you know my my big talking point in that one was that Denver needed to have a winning road trip, and I mean they've been able to do that. Uh, you know they they've already guaranteed themselves a winning road trip just through the first three games by getting these three dubs. So they could lose these next two games and still come back on the winning note, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. But you know these last two games, the the bulk of the the hard part of the road trip is done. You know the two games back to back nights against Phoenix and then Dallas. You know now you're looking at a matchup against the Miami Heat and then you got to go to San Antonio against the Spurs. You know a team that's uh, nine and eight currently, but a, a respectable bunch. You know led by Greg Popovich, but. Shoot, man, I mean, I think the Dallas Mavericks and Phoenix Suns are both better teams than the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs, and all the games are on the road, so... You know, I think that the Nuggets are in a, fa- a fantastic position down the stretch here in this road trip. So we'll see how they can close this one out against the Miami Heat and the San Antonio Spurs. But a lot of good stuff. We definitely want to keep an eye on what Denver is going to be doing with the starting lineup. Maybe we see some Michael Porter Jr. and Jermichael Green shiftage going on there. Um, but but good stuff. Like I said, you know, Denver 10-7 and right now, three games above five hundred. really, really hitting their stride with three. I mean, throw in the Oakland—I mean, Three wins in a row against quality opponents, but four quality wins in general in a row. You know, and Oklahoma City isn't that good of a team, but Denver really took care of business in that game against the Thunder in a thorough beatdown, uh, you know, so they, they dominated in that game. Two great wins against the Phoenix Suns, and then just a, another strong showing from Denver last night against the Dallas Mavericks. So all is good in Nuggets land, so... That's gonna do it for me though. Just uh, wanted to kind of recap what we've seen from so so far throughout this five game road trip. We'll see how they can kind of finish this one out against uh, Miami and San Antonio. I'll be back with a couple more podcasts this week as well. So if you want to follow me on social media to stay updated with the show, you can do so at Media by AP on Instagram and Twitter. And I, like I said, I'll be having a uh, little writing coming up on MileHighSports.com as well uh, Thursday nights, Friday morning. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested in the betting world. Be sure to check out my work online, DenverSportsBetting.com, guys. We're giving away an autographed Jerry Judy jersey and an autographed Philip Lindsay jersey so go to denversportsbetting.com to uh, figure out how you can enter in for that for free uh, so be sure to do that folks but yeah that'll do it for me no Nuggets basketball tonight but they're back at it again tomorrow with a game against the Miami Heat so follow me on those social channels and we'll keep you updated with all the Nuggets news and information until then but that's going to do it for me folks talk to you later have a good day